we have two participants who uh, participate together in a pair and we put some small electrodes on their hands which allow us to deliver a moderately painful shock so it's painful but it's absolutely tolerable it's not harmful it's not actually going to cause any damage and it's perfectly bearable but it's not pleasant so the point is that we're setting up a situation where each participant is able to press a button which delivers an electric shock a moderate electric shock to the other participant Critically, each participant knows that they're causing pain to the other participant because they can see the other participant flinching. And the two participants have jointly gone through this process of adjusting the electric shock to the level where it's moderately painful but clearly tolerable. So each participant knows exactly what they're doing to the other person. So there's absolutely no uh, deception. You know exactly what you're doing and then somebody else does it to you. How does this experiment work to test what happens when you coerce, when you make someone do this, inflict pain on someone else? So we have two uh, conditions. In one condition, the experimenter tells you, right, on this trial, I want you to press that button on the keyboard and that will give a shock to the other participant. And sometimes they will tell you, on this trial, I want you to press another button on the keyboard, which will in fact not give any shock to the other participant. So both of those button presses are followed by uh, a beep. And the participant's task is simply to judge how long do you think the interval was between pressing the button and hearing the beep. That's the coercive condition. And we compare that to a free choice condition where the participant can freely choose on every trial whether they press the key which delivers a moderately painful electric shock to the other participant or chooses the other key, in which case there's just a beep and no electric shock. Now, critically, why would anybody choose to give an electric shock yeah. to the other participant? <laughs> they get a, a, a modest financial reward. Okay. So you get a few pennies each time you choose uh, to press the button which delivers the electric shock. Now, that may seem a little bit unfair, but of course, the tables are going to be turned in the second part of the experiment and the other participant can get, if they wish, just as much money back uh, by delivering shocks to you. So it's uh, trading, if you like. So the critical thing that we're measuring is the participant's perception of the time taken between pressing the button and hearing the beep. And we know from a whole range of studies that when people feel a strong sense of control over what they're doing, they perceive that interval as shorter. So we perceive as compressed or reduced the interval between what we do and what we make happen. So the key feature of our result is that when participants are coerced into making an action, they perceive the interval between the action and the tone as longer, less up to them, less in their control, than in the condition where they freely choose to press the same buttons. So just to summarize, what our results show is that at some very low basic level, even in terms of things like time perception, we don't feel as much control over the outcomes of our actions when we're told we have to do them compared to when we freely choose that we want to do them. What does this tell us about the argument, oh, I was only following orders, it wasn't really what I was doing, I wasn't in control of this? What our result shows is that people can experience a kind of distancing with respect to the outcomes of their own actions when they're coerced. So people can somehow separate their action from what then happens. And in terms of the 
only obeying orders uh, idea. I think what our results mean is that somebody who says, oh, I'm not responsible, I was only obeying orders, they might not just be saying that because they're trying to get off, but they might also be saying that because that really was part of what they experienced. It may be that they actually have an experience of acting which is different from the normal experience of acting when they're only obeying orders. Now, that doesn't mean they're not to be blamed. It doesn't mean that they, that they should get off because the question of responsibility is not just a question of whether you feel you're responsible. There are also facts about whether you are responsible. So, so there's no way that this experiment could be used to, to argue that people who claim they were only obeying orders should somehow be let off, that they're not responsible. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is they may feel less responsible. So what are the implications of that? Well, I think it means that we need to think rather carefully about where responsibility lies. There are some situations in society where people really do act under coercive orders, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, for example, it's, we certainly expect soldiers to obey their commanding officer. That's really, really important. But the point is that when people obey coercive orders, they might have a different experience of what they're doing. So if people who obey orders are going to feel a distance or a reduced sense of responsibility about what they're actually doing while they're doing it, maybe that means that the people who give orders should become all the more responsible and think all the more responsibly about what's actually going to happen when they give the orders. So I think there are quite major implications for the structures in our society where one person tells another what to do.